in addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle of taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, along with Pastor Julian Gibb, talk with pastors and leaders about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Well, good afternoon. It's 5.30 p.m. Monday. My name is Julian Gibb on Faith Talk Radio. Blessings to you all. Well, today we're blessed to have Mark Lucas. Mark, welcome to the show. It's good to be here. I don't know if it's a blessing, but it's good to be here, and it's an honor to do some life with you, Julian. I really appreciate your heart for for people, for the Lord, for what you're doing in the show. I just really love you hosting the show. It's been fantastic to listen in. Well, well, thank you. Thank you very much. And also with you. I mean, I'm looking at your uh, bio here, Mark, and it goes on, you know, not just on and on and on, but I mean, it's contained with wonderful information about how you served as a pastor for 15 years, 15 years in great churches within the Valley, but also how you're here at Faith Talk Radio as the local ministry director. But even more impressive is the fact that you're married to Tammy. That's the most impressive thing, really. How did you pull that one off? I have no idea. I think it was some Eskimos that brought her down from Canada, actually. So oh. she's Canadian, eh? Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, we met at Scottsdale Bible Church here locally in town, and uh, it is such a blessing. Almost 18 years of marriage. 18 years. And you've got three kids? Three kiddos. Last count. I've got three kids. <laughs> <laughs> three's the magic number. Yeah, three's the magic number, two girls and a boy, and it's a joy to be their dad. Well, well wonderful, wonderful. And... And I know that you've um, you have that in your in your mind and in your heart. Your passion is about bringing the community alongside the local church, and so that's why we've got you on today is to ask you. You know, when you're when you're not out pastoring, when you're not uh, you know as a profession, when you're not on the radio, uh, how is it that you go out and reach out to your local community around you? How is it that you serve as the hands and feet? Of Jesus. Yeah, it's a great question. And I think like I was telling you over the phone even this week, the reality is is that all of us are so time impoverished and we're so busy and we kind of get into this somewhat like running and chasing so many things in our life. So it's easy to kind of lose sight of loving people well. So I think for me, even when I was inside of the church, one of the things serving 15 years, like you said, as a local pastor, my wife and I were having a date night, and back when they used to have salt shakers on the table before COVID, and I looked at this salt shaker, and I looked at my bride, Tammy, and I said, you know what, babe? The reality is all of our relationships right now, we are salt living inside of that salt shaker. And every interaction, every, for the most part, relational conversation we're having throughout our weeks is like salt bumping into other salts. And those conversations are important. Obviously, that's discipleship and equipping people and talking about our faith with others. But that's not living out the Great Commission. That's not going into our cities and our neighborhoods and our communities and being able to share God's love with people and love our neighbors well. So she's like, well, what, what, I mean, what do we do? What do we do with that? And I said, well, first, obviously, let's pray about it. But secondly... I'm going to have a conversation with my campus pastor 
that is my direct report at the church, and then also the elders to begin a conversation. The only time that I'm really talking about Jesus with people that I don't know where they are in their faith is when I've got like a Madonna mic on my face, and I'm standing from the stage preaching a gospel sermon. And I said, that's, there's a place for that, and that's a wonderful place, Julian, but at the end of the day, we need to do this in our neighborhood. We need to do this on my son's hockey team and with my daughter's dance friends and their communities and just with people that God intentionally brought into our life. So anyways, long story, fairly short. We're on radio, so I can be a little bit lengthy, but long story medium, <laughs> the reality was is I found myself at a place where the church came back to me, and I love, love, love the local church, but the church came back and said, We'll continue to do that in addition to you doing ministry with us. And it just came to this place where I need to be more intentional with the time that I'm spending at home and the relationships that we have around us. So that's really what began the process of developing some core values, developing some disciplines at home to really set us at a place weekly where we can love the neighbors and love those people around us well. So, I mean, there's two things you spoke of there. You know, one is of disciplines. I want to come back to that. Uh, And then two is how does the rubber actually hit the road? You know, and so Scripture is very clear. You know, we we read um, the Good Samaritan, for instance, you know, love your neighbor. Well, who's my neighbor? You know, well, it's everyone, you know. And so uh, not just those within the church, you know, our brothers and sisters that, that we meet on Sundays or at groups or whatever, but it's it's everyone. God's calling us to let, to love everyone. You know, the Samaritan was someone that the Jews didn't get along with. You know, so so it's even to love your enemies, as Jesus said as well. So, so going back to the local community, can you give some examples of how how Mark and the Lucas family have reached out to their local community? Yeah, of course. So I think one of the things that really has been in a place where we all are currently and pushing into really a year being in COVID, the reality was my wife and I being so very social. We are just, we love people. We love to engage in relationships. So in the midst of really kind of the lockdown beginning in that March period of last year, after like two weeks, my wife and I look at each other and say, this is so crazy and hard and We need to be with people. We just can't be locked into our house for much longer. I mean, it's only been a few weeks at this point. So she had, and she has all the brilliant ideas because she really is the brains in the home, but she said, you know what? Why don't we on Friday night this week, why don't we just kind of get the word out, put some notes up on some mailboxes, and invite people to come over to our driveway and have this kind of driveway hangout pseudo-COVID block party (laughs) where people have their hand sanitizer, we're obviously six feet apart, and as close as people want to get, we can still have conversations within that six to eight feet of distance. And we did it on Friday, and we were blown away how many people showed up. And then the next week, obviously, we did it the next Friday. And now we're three weeks into this, Julian, and... My wife is having a conversation with a new neighbor that she's just met in the last few weeks, and they're talking about, well, you know that Easter's coming up next Sunday, right? And my wife's like, yeah. And this neighbor said, well, 
what are we going to do for a church service mm. to celebrate Easter? Ah. And my wife, <laughs> of <laughs> course, you. said, you know what? I know somebody that I think would do an amazing job putting together and conducting an Easter service, and that's my husband. So next thing I know, we're doing an Easter service with these neighbors that, for the most part, were meeting for the first time. And not for the first time in the sense that when I take my recycle barrel out and the neighbor across the street, I can say, how you doing? It's recycle day. Or, I mean, it's a very shallow, quick conversation. But now we're really starting to hear their story. We're really starting to connect and hear where they are in parenting, where they are as a grandparent, just where they are in their season of life. So next thing I know, we're having a church service in the driveway with about five sets of neighbors, and we're beginning to connect faith and life. And it's beautiful. Because, you know, at at this time, one of the biggest things you hear is uh, one of the worst side effects of COVID is the uh, people being separated, you know, the stuck indoors, particularly, you know, uh, people who are by themselves. And just that need for community with social animals, with social beings, created beings. So with the group, (laughs) so your wife volunteered you, you know, you had uh, you you had an easy life. And so you needed some more some more work to do. So you you carried out the uh, Easter service. Was there like a range in uh, ages, you know, or was was everyone 25 or did you have like a a group of of different ages? And were there any um, people who are non-believers or searching in their faith? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, there was a a wide range. So we actually, she came the week before. We had a 92-year-old, sweet little, great-great-grandma who was there with some of her family. Uh, We had some actual 22-year-olds there. We had some kids as young as four and five. So kind of all median ages, to be honest, were there, which was beautiful. It was a great representation of the church from from old to young and just kind of that gathering of different ages. And really what I have found in these gatherings in our neighborhood, and, and you know this as well, and the people that are listening in right now, a lot of people that listen to this show and listen to Faith Talk 1360, they're in this category that George Barna would say is church damaged. Mm. And I know you hear that and you think to yourself, well, what does that exactly mean? Well, At some point along the journey of faith, they've stepped away from the church. There's been some hurt. There's been some wounds, what Barna would say, damaged. And they're navigating their faith. They have a personal relationship with Jesus, but they're doing it outside the church right now. And they might be doing it as radio ministry. This show is ministering to them. They have uh, certain television programs that they watch that help them navigate their faith. And that's what I found. There was a lot of neighbors that had walked away from the church decades earlier, uh. and they had been damaged by the church. So for me and what God was doing and the Holy Spirit inside of me, to really kind of remind them that God loves them, remind them that irregardless, as much as it hurts, because we all have, I have, residue of being church damaged. We've all been hurt by people because mm-hmm. people— Unfortunately, we've got this fallen nature. We've got a sin nature. So on some level, in some way, somebody relationally over the course of the years going to church has probably damaged you. 
and probably hurt or fractured that relationship in some way. So at the end of the day, it was encouraging for me not only to be able to remind them how much God loves them, but also remind them that, you know what, the church is a safe place for all of us to go and to connect and to fellowship and to worship and to do life in. So people that had walked away, like I said, 20 years prior were now not only coming to the service in the driveway, but about four weeks later, I brought a large group of them to a local church for the first time. And we came back to the local church, which was really neat and fantastic. Well, that's great. So you're listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. My name is Julian Gibb, and today we're blessed to have Mark Lucas, who's sharing about how he's reaching out to his local neighbors. So COVID has struck us. It's uh, come upon us in many ways, economically, politically, relationally. And so how is Mark reaching out to his local community and serving as Jesus' hands and feet? How is he loving those around us? So he's just told us that uh, his wife volunteered him to, give, to do an Easter service on his uh, driveway. You know, I'm thinking, albeit to a lesser extent, smaller extent, not lesser, smaller extent, you know, like um, you had John Wesley. You know, he would go out and preach in the fields to the masses. So, so there you go. There's, there's your future right there. Yeah. So... <laughs> But you've also also been speaking about, um, I remember you developing relationships and uh, not only on Easter on the driveway, but uh, Friday hangouts. So so what's that all about? Yeah, so we would have, I mean, again, we are created not to do life in isolation. Like a lot of us have been forced in the midst of the pandemic that we're in now to be isolated from others. God has created us to be in communities, created us to be relational. So knowing that and knowing that's a part of the hard wiring that God has given us as his hands have created us, we found that people, even if you were an introvert, people were flocking to these Friday kind of social gatherings in the driveway because at the end of our our days and the end of our weeks, people just need community and they need relationships. So in the midst of that need, we started just having these hang out, get together, bring whatever refreshment you wanted or chips or whatever it is, types to just be community and and be gathered together. And through that, we saw fostered relationships started to happen in the driveway. Well, that's great. And how uh, is this just you and your wife or have you involved the whole family? No, we've got the kiddos as well, and I mean, we've got three kids, and some of our kids are extrovert, and some of our kids, like my son, is more of an introvert. But even my son, who's an introvert, he's still just, you can see kind of this smile and this joy inside of his soul just light up throughout the time being in the driveway, because there's other neighborhood kids that he's meeting for the first time, or maybe he hasn't seen in a few months, and there's just a connection that's happening. And it's a connection that, again, there's fostered relationships being cultivated in the ne- in the neighborhood and in the street, and it's beautiful. I think it's the way that God designed us to be in our neighborhoods because at the end of the day, maybe 50, 60 years ago, when we started building houses in the West with a garage that shuts and a masonry block wall around our property, at the end of the day, without knowing it— that's really isolated us that the moment you pull in the driveway and you pull in, the garage comes down. And now there's this really this barrier around your house 
where, like I said, unless you're waving at the neighbor when you get the mail or waving at the neighbor when you take out the barrel, there's very limited time to really connect in the community because of the walls and the garage and all that's built around most of our houses in the West today. So at the end of the day, we've got to be intentional. How do I – maybe instead of hanging out so long in the backyard with the family, Mm -hmm. what does hanging out in the front yard look like? Bringing the bikes up front, bringing maybe a lawn chair up front, and really being in the front yard, Mm. which is the way that it was for the first kind of century of homes. And now everything's in the backyard with these giant walls where you don't really connect with people. So realizing that, in addition to COVID, brought us to the front yard to say, let's start being out front and really stopping neighbors, talking with them, and connecting with them, Julian. And so have you uh, have you you and your family then been involved in any projects on reaching out? Uh, have you um, uh, worked together on on tangible things? Not, not that speaking to people isn't tangible, it very much is so, but have you have you as a family been involved in in any projects? Yeah, I think I was sharing with you over the phone this week. We had an opportunity on Sunday actually. We're gathering still together, not every Sunday, but we're gathering on some Sundays and I'm leading a time teaching God's Word, and we have fellowship and community that comes over to our house. Well, this last Sunday, we had a conversation around one sentence that really has been resonating deeply in my soul, and the sentence is this, help always comes before hope. Hmm. And the first time I heard that, I was interviewing somebody, her name is Wendy Johnson, and she here locally in the Valley of the Sun, she runs a beautiful senior center for homeless called the Justice Center. And Wendy Johnson said that sentence when she was on my radio show, and she said, Mark, when you look at Jesus, he always first helped people, and then in the opportunity of helping and serving people, he would find a way to bring in the hope of the gospel. So that sentence really has been ringing in my soul for a week or so, and I grabbed the neighbors and I said, come on over and let's really walk through John 13, 34 and 35, it says this, that we as Christians and followers of Jesus, we will be known. The very litmus test of us being a follower of Christ is the love that we show one another. And that really is a barometer of us helping people. And in the midst of helping people, pray for an opportunity to share with them the hope that we have inside of us, which is the hope in Jesus but always do it, not with an agenda, always do it because unconditionally we desire to kind of walk life and say, you know what, this is a family acronym that we have in our home, and it spells out family. And family spells out the F is forget, the A is about me, I love you. So forget about me, I love you. If we posture ourselves that way, we will have opportunities. God will give us opportunities in our neighborhood, in our cities, at our workplace, to be able to say, you know what, I want to walk family today. And family really is the gospel. Family is putting help before hope and asking God to give us opportunities to love people well. And I remember you telling me about these uh, care packages that you were putting together. Uh, Tell us a little bit about, about those. Yeah, so Wendy Johnson went on to say, I asked her, I said, you know what, what would be a nice care package that I could give and my family could give 
out to somebody that we see that's that working poor class, somebody on the street corner. And she said, Mark, she said, really there's some great resources that work for anybody on the street. And anybody listening in right now, when you see somebody on the street, these beautiful items really will help them immensely. So here's one, a water bottle. And we kind of think about a water bottle, but a lot of times I didn't take it a next step further. Like Wendy said, take not only the water bottle, but then take some different phone numbers and resources like Justice Center and either do a handwritten label, but put those numbers on that water bottle. Mm. So you not only give them water, which obviously we need every single day, but you also give them phone numbers and resources to be able to help them Mm. get off the street and really help them provide for the basic necessities that they need right now. She also said tube socks. She said anybody and everybody who's on the street right now needs tube socks. So put a brand new clean pair of tube socks in there. And then also she said with you and your family, I would encourage you to take out a crayon or a marker and write a handwritten note Ah. that's general enough. Obviously, you don't know their name, but really a message that you would feel like God would want to share with them. Mm. And obviously, reminding ourselves that they're created in God's image. So let us never look down upon them because they are Imago Dei. They're created in the image of God. But let us write a genuine, heartfelt note, maybe our favorite Bible verse, or just a little note of encouragement, if we can encourage them in some small way. Put all that in that care package. And then she also said, get out of your car. It's against the law in Arizona to hand things through the window. Is that right? So find a safe spot, park. And then go have a front-facing conversation with a safe distance and be able to say, you know what, I've got this care package for you. And just, again, help comes before hope. And it was a beautiful moment for me and my neighbors to have this Sunday creating these care packages. Now, Mark, you're also uh, involved in a, a radio show. You know, they they uh, they bring me out when they can't find anyone else. But you, are like, <laughs> this is d- not true. Dust me off, you know, bring me out. But you're on uh, all the time, so you're uh, you're a veteran, as it were, a seasoned veteran. But so 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 in a, in a short space of time, tell us quickly about your show. But then also, what I want to know is, what have you learnt by doing your show? What has changed, Mark, through interviewing the people that you interview? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, quickly, I have two shows. One is called Messy Marriages. It's a new show that's on Faith Talk. It's Tuesdays at 5 o'clock during drive time. And Messy Marriages, the one sentence that I would say is a caveat to describe it is this, learning from our mistakes. Mm. So we're going to create messes in our marriage, but how do we make the most of those mistakes? How do we allow God to redeem those mistakes and really kind of lean into the mistakes we've made and say, you know what? God wants to actually unite us and strengthen this oneness that we have in marriage. So this show was all about me interviewing people that they, in a very transparent, open way, they share a mistake. And then from there, we talk about how God has redeemed it. The last show is called The Form Show, and it's a show really about the most essential questions in life. So I go deeper into one specific question. What God has taught me through radio is this. As you listen into this show— Most people right now are alone in the car. 
God speaks in a beautiful and powerful way in the intimacy of radio, driving by yourself right now. Allow God to speak and minister to you. He does that not only to me here in the radio booth, but also driving, hearing Faith Talk 1360 and this beautiful program. And so uh, we have about 30 seconds left. But what I want to know is, a question I ask everyone is, now people might be listening and think, well, you know, Mark's a super spiritual hero. You know, he said 15 years in ministry. You know, he's done this, he's done that. God's clearly gifted him with special gifts and abilities. He can do it, but I can't. You know, I, I haven't got what it takes. So what would you say to people listening now who are thinking this this sort of reaching out to your community is best left for those superheroes? I would say make your world small. I would say each and every week, make your world small in the sense of this. Go to the same one or two lunch places. Go to the same gas station. Be intentional about walking out at the same time that your neighbor takes his trash out. Make your world small to connect with people throughout your day beautifully in powerful ways well there there you've heard it we are all called and so let's go out find out our call and live and reach out to our neighbor and love our neighbor as ourselves go in peace Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors, we'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.